Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. We are in part seven of the series that we're calling Different, but before we get into that, I just want to say thanks so much for being here at church today. There's really nothing like being here together in person, in the room, worshiping God together and filling up almost every chair. (laughs) So awesome. So glad you guys are here. And if you're joining us online, I want to say hey to you too. Thanks for being with us. It's great to hear the word of God, even if it's over the internet. But let me tell you, you you, if you ever have a chance to be here in person with us, I highly encourage you to do so. And for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we are passionate about making a difference. We want to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. So let's get into part seven of this series about following Jesus, because really following Jesus is the best way that we can help you know God. Let me show you what I mean in our core scripture for this series. You're going to find it here. You're going to find it all throughout the Bible, this same truth. But Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So what we find out in this scripture and many others is that God is revealed through Jesus, Can you imagine trying to get to know God before Jesus came? Aren't you glad we're on the other end of the spectrum so that we can know God? If we want to know God, we got to get to know Jesus. And luckily, there are four entire books of the Bible dedicated to the life of Jesus. We call them the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And through this series, we're working through the book of John. And what we've been finding out is that the way of Jesus is very different. It's different. So go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, you know, you've been acting a little different. Now look at somebody else and say, you are, you've been looking a little different, but it's a good thing. (laughs) Now last week, we found out that to follow Jesus, we must believe in healing. And there's many people that believe in healing, but they're just not convinced that Jesus wants to heal everyone every time. But the truth you find in God's word is that Jesus heals all. Somebody say all. All who are sick, not some, not every now and then, but everyone, every time. The one thing that gets in the way is our own excuses. Like we can come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't receive healing from God. The doctor said it's incurable. Here's my favorite. WebMD said I might die. Anybody go to search in Google whenever you're feeling sick? Or I need someone else to believe for me. But God's will is to heal everybody every time, but he can't override our own will. God gave you free will. Aren't you thankful? Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. But if we choose to believe something other than the word of God, then we get to choose to stay sick. Aren't you thankful? No, but that's what we do. And that's why. And I know Jesus isn't here like in person, in the flesh with us like he was back then. And some people are like, you know, healing miracles went away with Jesus. But if you look at the healing miracles of Jesus, there were many times that Jesus wasn't even presently there, even though he was here on earth and he healed somebody with his word at a distance. So here's the truth that we need to know is that receiving miracles is as simple as believing the words of Jesus. There's no sickness too great. There's no disease incurable. There's no cause of sickness that prevents God from healing you. Even if you cause it yourself, God still wants to heal you. God's will is to heal every person every time. So you might as well devote yourself to the word of God so you can line up your will with God's will. Amen? Amen. Well, we ended last week in the middle of a story. 
a man at the pool of Bethesda was asked by Jesus if he wanted to be well. And thank God he decided to line up his will with God's will. And he got up and he was healed after being paralyzed for 38 years. That's a long time, isn't it? This seems like such a great ending to the story. Like, I wish I could just tell you guys that he rode off into the sunset and everybody lived happily ever after. But that's not how the story ends. It continues in an unexpected way. But first, let's review where we were. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. And he took up his bed and he walked. We're in John chapter 5, verse 8. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews, therefore, said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. So this man got healed from something that he was suffering with for 38 years. You'd think the religious people would celebrate with him. I mean, aren't religious people about doing good things? But nope, the religious people, the Jews, they responded to this miracle with a scowl on their face. Like, how dare you get healed and clean up your mess on the Sabbath? How dare you? And last week, we had eight people come up at the end of service and be anointed so that they could step into a healing ministry that's been stirring on the inside of them. And I have a word for you guys from this story right here. So if that's you, or if you were one of those eight people, go ahead and stand up if you're here. Got a word for you guys. Yeah, give them a hand. The healer's in the room. So when this man first got healed, he was really excited, right? After 38 years of being paralyzed, he was really excited. Just like you guys were probably really excited after you got anointed last week. Yes, I'm going into my ministry. But right after the man was healed, he was confronted with religious people. And they tried to steal his excitement. They tried to trip him up. So did you leave here excited last week and then immediately uh, get confronted with something that tried to steal your excitement or somebody who tried to steal your excitement and tell you that it's not possible? Because if that happened to you, God wants you to know to ignore it. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to the lies in your mind that are telling you that nothing happened last week, that nothing's changed because something did change last week and you're stepping into a calling that he's put on your life. Don't listen to people who will tell you it's impossible. Just don't even listen to them. You step out and you be bold about what God's called you to do. I'm going to pray over you again. Oh, God, we thank you that here in our midst, you've anointed eight people to step into a healing ministry here at No Limits. And we thank you for the many, many countless miracles that are going to happen in our midst because these have chosen to be obedient and are walking according to the call of God on their life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, go ahead and sit down. Now, this reminds me of uh, something that happened almost exactly a year ago. We were all faced with a virus that we didn't know anything about, and so the country decided to play it safe, right? We shut everything down. Can you believe it's been a year since all that took place? And you know what I remember most about when all that started? Anyone who spoke out in faith was raked over the coals. Oh my goodness. I don't think that I've ever seen faith so persecuted. And the craziest thing to me was, is it was being persecuted by other Christians. Church people were fussing at church people for walking in faith. And I was just like, wow. It was a lot like this man who got, got healed. He chose faith, but the religious rule followers, they weren't having it. They didn't want any part of it. So who, who are the religious people today? Who are they? Who, who is exalting rules over faith? Well, I think it's clear that, I mean, it's different now because we're not following the rules that are set forth in the Old Testament. I mean, how many of you guys know somebody who faithfully practices a Sabbath day rest every week? 
You know some people because we've talked about it before here at No Limits, but it's pretty rare. We're not following all those rules and regulations in the Old Testament. So even though it's different today, the religious spirit is still around. It just manifests itself in a different way. The religion of 2021, I believe, is science and government. The two things that are meant to have a positive impact in our life have now become a weapon against faith. Science and government, they're, they're good things when they're used correctly. But they've become their own religion. They have. Like, if they make a rule, like wearing a mask, for example, right? The religious people chastise anybody who doesn't follow along. Especially if you say that you're living by faith. And so that's why you're not wearing a mask. They don't like that at all. You know, we're told that it's foolish to choose faith over science. Has anybody heard that recently? It's foolish to choose faith over science. Like, in essence, what they're saying is the unconfirmed theories of man, the studies that man has done, a.k.a. science, are more superior than the Word of God. That's what they're saying. Well, it's quite backwards. I mean, it's actually quite foolish to exalt anything that humankind has come up with above the Word of God, above God who created this whole thing and knows what's going on. That's what's foolish. And you know, I was in the same place as everybody else a year ago. I've never lived through something like this. I didn't, I didn't know what was true, what wasn't true. So I played it safe, and, and I chose to move our church to online services during that time. And like everybody else, I was glued to the TV, and I was waiting for the latest stats and the latest, latest guidelines from the government. And then I remember like there was a very strong leading of the Holy Spirit. And he said, stop watching the news. Just stop. I mean, if there was an audible voice, like there was an audible voice. He said, just stop. So I did. A few weeks into the shutdown, I stopped watching the news, and I've never watched it since. Do you know what happened to me? I began to see the situation through the eyes of God rather than the eyes of the news, or should I say the eyes of fear, right? So I turned away from the news. I began to see it from God's perspective. And, you know, when I chose to go online only for our church, I wasn't fully convinced it was the right decision at the time. Like, it seemed like a good decision, but there was no witness in my spirit that it was the right decision. But I did it anyways. But once I turned off the news and was able to see God's perspective, I had complete confidence in my next decision, which was six weeks later, I opened the doors of the church. And I had complete confidence in that. And we were one of the very few churches that went back so quickly. And there were a lot of people who did not like it. They didn't like it. But if you've been around since then, you've, known, you've noticed that God is honoring us for stepping out in faith and being obedient to his word. And it's quite amazing to watch. But I want you guys to know something. I've repented for closing down the church for six weeks because that was a mistake. And I've repented because now I see it was clear disobedience to the word of God, which tells me to never forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Never do it. Not for any reason. And it also says to fear not many times over and over and over. You should never let fear into your life. So I will never Close the doors again. Mark my words. I'll never do it. Like, I'm serious, y'all. I don't care if the religious people persecute me. Like, I just don't care. I don't care if they come after me. I'm not doing it. 
I'm not doing it because it's disobedience to the word of God. And I'm not trying to like make anybody feel condemned or anything like that. And maybe there's another pastor watching right now. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad if your church still closed. I'm just telling my story. I've repented and I'm not going there again. I'm not going to close the doors of the church. And this is just like the man at Bethesda. Take a look at how he responded to these religious people. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. So in other words, he was saying, I know you don't want me to take up my bed and walk, but I'm not following religion. I'm following Jesus. He's the one who told me to take up my bed and walk. And in the next verse, we actually find out that this man didn't yet know who Jesus was because the Jews, they ask him, who's healed you? Who asked you to pick up your bed? And he's like, I don't know, because Jesus had disappeared into the crowd before they even had a chance to introduce themselves. So if this man could follow Jesus before he knew who Jesus was, surely we can follow Jesus whenever we fully know him through the word of God today. And here's what we learn in this story about following Jesus is to follow Jesus, I must choose faith despite the opposition. Living by faith is no walk in the park. There's going to be opposition. Your circumstances will oppose you. Well-meaning people will oppose you. Man-made religion will oppose you. The government will oppose you. So you have to make a decision ahead of time. I will choose faith despite the opposition. Actually, facing opposition when you're living by faith is a good indicator that you're on the right track. So does this man ever find out that Jesus is the one who healed him? Of course he does, right? Because yes, Jesus wants you well, but more than that, he wants you to believe in him so that you can spend eternity with him in heaven. So this guy is no different. Let me show you what happens next. Afterward, Jesus found him. I love that. In the temple, and he said to him, see, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Notice that Jesus was looking for this guy. You'd think this guy would be looking for Jesus, but nope, Jesus was looking for him. Jesus found him. Isn't that beautiful? So this guy was once lost. Now he's found. And now Jesus is basically inviting him to salvation. Hey, turn from your sin and follow me, right? And we also learn in this scripture why Jesus hates sin and he tells you to get away from it. And the reason is sin causes destruction. Sin ruins your life. Many people like to say that the destruction that comes as a result of sin is God punishing you. Nope. God's not pun- God doesn't cause the destruction. Sin causes the destruction. Let's make sure we're clear on that. God does not cause destruction in your life. Sin causes destruction in your life. For example, and I don't say this to condemn anybody, but it's one of the best examples that we can all understand. When, you, when somebody chooses to engage in sexual sin, it naturally destroys family. Like you cheat on your spouse and naturally they don't want to be with you anymore. God didn't do that. <laughs> you did that. You choose a homosexual lifestyle and naturally you can't have your own kids. You choose to have sex outside of marriage and naturally your kids, you know, grow up without united parents because you all didn't commit to each other first. I mean, all sexual sin destroys family. Why do you think the Bible is so intent on making it clear what sexual sin is and how to stay away from it? Because it destroys family. And what is life without family? What is life without family? How many of the issues that we face today are because of broken family? How many? Why does Satan work so hard to destroy family? Even parents who have chosen to stay together, the dad might invest all of his time and work and forget that he has a family and end his life without a family. Why does Satan work so hard? He just, he comes, yeah, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. The reason is because God designed family. It's God's design. And when we commit to the way that he designed it, it creates this beautiful, joy-filled experience for the entire family. 
for the entire, it's kind of like a little taste of heaven on earth. And that's what God wants you to have. And if you feel a bit condemned right now because you've engaged in something that I've talked about, shake it, shake it off. There is no benefit to wasting time in regret. There's no benefit to looking back and say, oh, I wish I would have, could have, should have. No, that doesn't help. Heed the words of Jesus, though, where he says, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. God, God can mend your family. God can take ashes and turn them into beauty. But you have to start the process by turning away from what you've been doing and seeking God's way. I mean, wouldn't you rather live God's design and have his blessing on your family? So from this man at Bethesda, we learned this other thing about following Jesus, and that's to follow Jesus. I must resist sin. I don't embrace it. I don't celebrate it. I don't excuse it. No, I resist it. And for clarity, you should know that you're only responsible for resisting your own sin. You're not responsible for resisting somebody else's sin. Everybody say amen. This doesn't mean that you never talk to a friend about how concerned you are that they're living a life of sin. I mean, if you truly care about somebody, you have the hard conversations with them too. But it's not your responsibility to keep someone else from sinning. It's not your responsibility. Yes, you can lovingly share the truth with them, but in the end, the choice is theirs. But when it comes to resisting sin for yourself, there's one important thing that you have to know. Only Jesus gives me the power to resist sin. Like, I would do you a disservice today if I didn't explain to you what Jesus has provided for you. Easter's coming up next Sunday. And what that means is that we're the, at the exact time of year when Jesus gave his life to save yours almost 2,000 years ago. So if this were the year that it all went down, today would be the day that Jesus made his journey into Jerusalem. And just like we saw earlier, as he was coming into Jerusalem, a crowd of people met him with palm branches, and they were shouting. And why palm branches? Because they represent victory. These people were prophesying about the victory that Jesus was going to have a week later on Easter. And that's why today is known as Palm Sunday. Today we celebrate in advance the victory that Jesus is going to have on Easter. It's so, so, so beautiful. And then this Thursday night would be the night that Jesus had Passover dinner with the disciples. And that same night, he would be arrested, and he would be questioned by the high priest. He would be beaten. He would be mocked. This would all be going down on Thursday night. And then Friday morning, Jesus would have been taken before the Roman governor to be sentenced to death. And the Roman governor could find no fault in him, but the Jews pressured the governor into sentencing him to death anyways. And this all happened around 7 a.m. on Friday morning. And by 10 a.m., Jesus was being nailed to a cross. By 3 p.m., just five hours later, he was dead on the cross. Why? Why would the Son of God go through such torture? Why would he allow himself to be unjustly sentenced to death? Well, Isaiah 53.5 tells us he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He's been beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. This is why he did it for you. Like he knew you were rebellious and sinful and had no way out of it on your own. So he stood in your place. He took it all on himself and he took on the punishment that should have been yours so that you could be made free. And don't just receive half of what Jesus died to give you. I mean, we hear a lot about forgiveness and yes, you're completely forgiven whenever you believe in Jesus, but he did more than forgive you. He set you free. 
Just like it says in, in 2 Peter 1.3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Only by God's power are you free from sin. Only him. And you receive this power by coming to know Jesus coming to know him, the one who called you to follow him, the one who loves you. That's why every Sunday, that's what every Sunday is here about no limit. That's why we do this on Sundays at No Limits, right? It's to help you know Jesus because when you know him, you receive the power that you need to be free from sin. I didn't plan on sharing this story, but during worship, the Holy Spirit's like, you're going to share this story. Great. Right on. I wish somebody would have told me this when I was younger. This message I gave you today that only God can give me the power to be free from sin because I tried a long time to be free from my own sin. Yep. I grew up in church, so... Like I knew when I was doing something wrong. It was about age 16, 17, I embraced a homosexual lifestyle. And there was always this rub on the inside of me. This isn't for you. But then I had people in my ear over here tell me, you know, God made you that way, blah, 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 blah. And I tried to get out of it on my own. Tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And it never worked until I realized that by His divine power, God has given me everything that I need to live a godly life. And as soon as I embraced that truth is when I was set free. And I remember the day I was set free. It's because I stopped trying to do it on my own and I embraced his power. And when I tell you that God wants to mend family, look at my family now. I, I didn't deserve it. But he restores. When you turn to him, he restores. And he makes something even more beautiful. He takes beauty. He takes your ashes and makes beauty out of them. So Lord, we come before you today and we receive your power and we receive your forgiveness. We just want to express our love to you today. You are mighty. You are awesome. You love us so much that you made a way. You paid the price. You didn't do anything wrong. But you love me so much, you took, the, you took my place. You're so good. Everybody go ahead and keep your eyes closed. If there's anybody in the room who you've decided today that you're ready to receive forgiveness, you're ready to receive freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Beautiful, awesome. It's as simple as believing the words of Jesus. And you say out loud with your mouth, I believe in you, Jesus. There's, there's no special prayer you have to pray. It happens in the heart. And you say it with your mouth. So everybody in the room right now who truly believes in Jesus, I want you to say it out loud, to say, I believe in you, Jesus.
Man, I can just sense his love today just running after us. Running after somebody in the room who's You know, the Bible says that Jesus would basically walk out and leave the church to go find the one person who doesn't know him yet. As much as he likes being here with us, he would head on out the door and go chase him down. And I sense him chasing somebody down. He's chasing you down because he loves you. Lord, give us a full understanding of eternity. Help us to realize that this life is not everything, but what's to come is everything. Lord, wipe away the cares of this life from our minds, from our hearts, so that we can look forward to you, to heaven, to eternity with you. And we thank you that our eternity starts the moment we say yes to you. Eternal life happens the moment we say yes. We don't have to live a wretched life here on earth, but we can step into eternity immediately and bring heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for the amazing work that you're doing in our lives. We thank you that you're equipping us, that you're giving us everything we need, all the relationships we need, all the resources that we need to step out into what you've called us to do. And you've called us to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. That's our assignment. We receive that assignment. We step out into it. In Jesus' name, everybody's dead. Amen. Amen. Well, if you gave your life to Jesus today, There is a journey that's ahead and you really need a family to come around you. And really that's what church is all about. We're a family and we would love to be there for you, but we can't be there if we don't know. So we just ask that you would text us at 918-373-9883. You can text anything to that number. Coonrod even texted uh, his pizza order to that number a few weeks ago. Thank you for that. You took me seriously. But seriously, you can text anything to that number. Just let us know. If you ever have a... We did not send him pizza, but I mean, there may be a chance that you could get it if you try it. You guys can seriously text anything to that number. If you have a prayer request, you have a need or anything like that, just text us and let us know. We want to hear from you. So if you guys want to give today, how you do that is you can raise your hand for uh, an offering envelope if you're giving by cash or check, or you can give online anytime. And how you do that is you visit nolimits.fyi on phone, tablet, computer, and that'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.